Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Danziel. Chris, last time on Tuesday, we celebrated our 100th episode of the State of the Nova Nation. Now, we're gunning for another 100. Yeah, hopefully we can get through another 100 without getting canceled. I'd, I'd appreciate that. That'd be pretty cool. We also celebrated our 100th episode with the ticket giveaway. How'd that go, Eugene? It went well, Chris. It went well. We got a good amount of participants. Thank you to everyone who retweeted and followed SONN Pod. As promised, we were going to select someone after the show that night on Tuesday at 11.59 p.m., just before midnight. I legitimately typed in about 100 names or so into a random name selector. Basically simulated picking out of the hat. It was the whole production, nine yards. I tested it out. It seemed pretty good. And I put in all 100 names. And big shout out to Kate Connolly for winning our ticket giveaway. She'll be getting two tickets to Friday night's game at the Wells Fargo Center against Xavier. We're going to preview that game on the show. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about the Musketeers. New look team, by the way. But for now, before we get to that, we just got to give a big shout out to Jerry Quinn for donating the two tickets for our giveaway. He's been supporting the show over the last couple of years. So big, big, big claps and shout outs and applause for him. And also shout out to Kate Connolly for winning the contest. I hope she has a great time on Friday night rooting for our cats. And hopefully they can deliver a win to top it all off. Hopefully she has a good time and hopefully this is a uh, fun game for her to watch as well. This, that's what it looks like on paper. It should be a good one for Villanova. Yeah, let's get into the Xavier Musketeers. This is clearly not the same team as the last couple of years. Chris Mack is gone, and if you ask me, it looks like he left at the right time. Between the guys who have graduated, the key players, Trayvon Blewett, J.P. Makura, this is just a, a brand new team, a very young team. Chris, what are we expecting from these Musketeers? We kind of joked about last week against Creighton that like we barely recognized anybody on that team. My God, is Xavier the same way, if not worse? But they do have some key contributors still. Still still some holdovers from that pretty good team last year they had. That was a one seed. Paul Scruggs, he's the lead man right now. Averaging 13.2 points per game, five boards per game, three assists. He's basically the only guy who can shoot threes. He's averaging 45.6% from beyond the arc. That's pretty good. Also 50% from the field in total. I mean, there is another guy on Xavier that can shoot threes. We'll get to him in a bit. Scruggs is the main guy, and he was a pretty big contributor last year. And also, you got Najee Marshall, also averaging 13.2 points per game, but not as great of a shooter. He's averaging about 40% from the field, and his uh, three-point percentage is absolutely atrocious right now. He can't really light you up from behind the arc, but he can definitely score elsewhere. So keep an eye out for those two, and those are pretty much the two holdovers. And then they got a few other people you want to get into. Yeah, sure. Just one quick thing on Scruggs. Much like we saw with Tyshawn Alexander against Creighton over the weekend, he's a guy that came in last year, was one of the main incoming freshmen for them, a solid recruiting class. Didn't really have that good of a first year. It seemed like he was adjusting. He got his minutes, but just never really put together anything that was, you know, just jumped out at you. But he really worked on his game during the offseason. And now, as you can see, his production is just more than doubled. He's their leading man right now. He can score from anywhere on the court. Najee Marshall it was another promising freshman. I believe he was an all-Big East rookie teamer last year. I think he was on that team. Might have to double-check that, but he was definitely a guy to watch for going into this year. And then you have Quentin Gooden. He was hurt for a couple of games, Had was day-to-day with a knee injury, returned to practice yesterday on Wednesday. So far, Xavier beat writers, Xavier, the sports people over there, 
they think that he'll be able to come back and play on Friday night against the Cats. He's someone who honestly is probably one of the better players when he's healthy. He subbed in for Edmund Sumner when Edmund Sumner had that scary knee injury that ended the season. He's a point guard, but he's someone that you can totally depend on. He is a dimer. He's a gamer. Doesn't really score as efficiently, but he can grab boards. He can dish out assists. He's a pretty good on-ball defender as well. So keep an eye out for him on Friday because if he's healthy, this is a completely different Xavier team with him. They definitely need him. He's one of their key ingredients. But you also have to watch out for Zach Hankins, who is a D2 grad transfer from Ferris State. He's averaging just over 10 points per game. He's done a very efficient forward inside. He's shooting over 70% on the floor. Tyree Jones is another name you might recognize. He's gotten some good burn over the last couple of years. He's one of the top rebounders. He's also chipping in over double-digit scoring. And he's doing a solid 62% on the floor in his own right. Other people to watch out for are Ryan Wellage, Kyle Caslin, and Keontae Kennedy, and Elias Harden. These are all people who, they get solid minutes. They're a part of the rotation. They're active members. They're not as proficient or they're not going to be as dangerous as the first five guys we mentioned who are all averaging in double figures. But if if there were one guy to watch for out of this bunch, I would say definitely watch out for Ryan Wellage. He can shoot threes. He's not going to torch you. It seems like he just comes in, knocks down a few threes, and then goes back home, sits on the bench, and calls it a day. He's a solid shooter, definitely nowhere near as Paul Scruggs. He's shooting over 38.9%. So if there's one thing that's good about this team, it seems like you can let them do whatever they want at the perimeter. You just got to buckle down inside, check the rim, and that's where they're going to definitely look to do most of their damage. So look for Nova to totally, totally challenge him to even attempt to take off from deep. So far, they haven't been able to do it, but just keep an eye out for the Xavier team because they're going to look to attack inside. So it's going to be a busy day for our big boys down low. For sure. Maybe uh, hear that DCR is hurt now, potentially, so they might be without him. I don't know if he's playing or not, but if they're without him, that might be a little bit of a struggle, but I I think they'll still be fine. Thank you for mentioning uh, uh, Quentin Gooden. I kind of skipped over him before, but I, I realized he was hurt. Didn't realize if he was playing or not. So that, that's good to see that he's back because, yeah, Xavier is a completely different team. And just as a note, Ryan Wellage is a senior transfer from San Jose State. So he's been playing elsewhere. And that's probably why you haven't heard of him. And, yes, as you mentioned, he is basically – he comes in for a couple minutes, hits a couple threes, and then sits back down. I mean, look, Xavier is not – this is not the Xavier of the past as we, we've come to accustomed to. Right now, it is looking a little tough. But if there is a, some silver linings out there, they did play a pretty good Wisconsin team and gave them a game. They did play number eight Auburn at the time and gave them a game and brought in into overtime. So they do play some good teams tough, but the start to Big East play hasn't exactly been the best. They did lose to Seton Hall and got crushed by Marquette, but they have pulled off recent victories against Georgetown and a very close victory against Butler. So might be turning the corner a little bit. They're not a complete pushover. Yeah, Trayvon Blewett and J.P. McCure are not walking through that door at the Wells Fargo Center on Friday night. This is a team that, while it leans its priorities towards offense, they're a pretty good disciplined team on defense. They don't foul much. They really don't put their opponents on the line too often. They do a good job of protecting the inside. But keep an eye out for this. They just struggle on the perimeter. And as we know, Villanova's MO has always been shoot them up, sleep in the streets. Even when the shots aren't falling as high of a clip as they have been over the last couple of years, especially during the championship winning years, They're still going to take off from deep. Right now, Xavier ranks 251st in protecting the perimeter. 
So expect another game where Nova can just bully its opponent from long range, just like it did against Creighton. I'm feeling another day for Phil Booth. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a good day for him. This Xavier team just seems like the kind of team where he could just totally have a day up against. And as good as and and how efficient Xavier is inside, they're not a good three-point shooting team. As we mentioned, they're only two guys that can really hurt you from long range. But they're also not that great of a free-throw shooting team. As a whole team, they're knocking down only under 70% of their free-throw attempts, which is not that great. Not that great at all. Nova should be able to hang on with them, to be honest. I, I don't think that this will be a threat. The Xavier team just hasn't impressed me overall this year. And I understand, you know, this is totally an adjustment year. I mean, you know, if we think that this Nova year, some people are just struggling to stomach this quote-unquote transition year, Xavier fans must be dying right now. <laughs> yeah i mean we talked about it before the beginning of the year there was like those big three teams that lost a lot outside of villanova it was creighton seton hall and and this one and they are certainly feeling the ramifications of that and you did mention tempo pivot here according to kempom to 287th in tempo that's pretty slow so expect a slow tempo game but who knows maybe they'll go out there and run and gun and that would be kind of fun but Ken Palm has them ranked 81st right now, which puts them along the likes of Davidson, Hofstra, and our good friends at UConn. So, yeah, it, if you expect a, a type of uh, UConn game like we saw earlier in the year, that I, I would not be shocked. Yes, and according to our good old friend Ken Pomeroy, you know, of all the Villanova games that are left, he's listing this one as one of the highest chances for Villanova to win. He's predicting a final score of 73 to 63. And is giving the Cats an 82% chance to win. The only game where they're predicted to do even better is against Georgetown when they come to Philly on February 3rd. And he's listing that as an 85% chance for Nova to win. Everything else, a little lower than that. But right now, you know, I feel the same way Ken Pomeroy does. Maybe in a year or two, this Avery team will be very good. There's a lot of sophomores, a lot of promising talent there. Juniors who are good now. I think they'll be even greater next year once they're going through their last hurrah and once they're just completely matured. Travis Steele, he's working in his magic. He's a former assistant coach, got promoted to head coach. He's been with the team. I like that Xavier stayed in-house in hiring him, but he's going to need a couple years to work his magic, get some guys in there. So right now, this you know the Xavier team is just a couple years away, just not right now. And hot take, I think... DePaul is better than them, so I do not think DePaul will be the last place team this year. Wow, that is, that is a hot one right there. I, I wouldn't have expected that from you. You're, yeah, you're you know really... how it is. De- DePaul is usually the punching bag or the basement dweller. I don't mm. think that they're going to finish tenth this year. I really don't. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know if it like sucks or anything like it's savior, but think about it. Like DePaul, like you know, like is the punching bag. So like when they win, it's like it's cool, it's fun. But, like, if Xavier wins, it's like, eh, whatever. They're kind of like the forgotten team of the Big East this year, I feel like. Because it's like they lose, it's like, oh, they're expected to. If they win, it's like, oh, whatever. It's not like you're, like, the perennial punching bag, like you said, and you win a game. It's like, oh, wow, look at them. They won. So, yeah, it, they're probably a couple years away still. Not right now. Villanova wins. That's what I got to say. Yeah, Xavier just doesn't really have the star power that, you know, like you said, who you look around the league, Marcus Howard does something big, boom, buzz. You look at Creighton, Tyshawn Alexander picking up the slack left behind from Marcus Foster and Kyrie Thomas. Boom, nice. You look at St. John's, obviously, you got Shamori Pons. DePaul even. Everyone goes crazy when the shoes goes loose. 
But with Xavier, this is just a team first, team ball. Put your head down. Everyone go to work. Bring out your lunch pails. Five different guys scoring double figures. We're going to hurt you across the board. There's not one individual star that you can think of, not one guy that could just go, you know what? Screw this. I'm taking over. I'm driving the bus and taking us home. They just don't have that takeover type player. So I think, you know, I totally understand as to why this team might not be generating the buzz or might be not be generating the fanfare and attention that you've seen when Trayvon Blewett goes off or when J.P. Makura does his shenanigans on the court. This is a much more low-key of a team. Travis Steele's figuring it out. This is first year taking over for Chris Mack. Should be interesting in a couple years, just not right now. I think Nova should easily take care of business. I'm feeling very, very confident in, in this one. Should be a good one. Should be an interesting one to watch. I believe this is the first Wells Fargo Center game. Oh, actually, no, it isn't. We played Quinnip- Quinnipiac. Seems like a long time ago, actually. Yes, yes, yes. First first Big East Wells yeah, Fargo. Yeah, first game. Big East Wells Fargo Center game. Games at the Wells Fargo Center are always fun. I, I do enjoy going to games there, especially on the weekends. If you are able to go, please say hi to Brendan Riley and Catherine Ryan. I heard that they're going. Are two fabulous staff members. I'm sure Ryan Bowman and the band might be there as well. So feel free if you can find them, say hi to them for us. But if you're going to be like us and you can't make it on Friday night, this game will be on FS1. It tips off at 8.30 p.m. this Friday, tomorrow night. I'll be watching. Chris will be watching. Should be a good one. Before we pop open the mailbag, we got to take a quick pit stop and look over at the women's side of the basketball program because they had a very, very big night. Last year, they shared the Big Five title with the one team that was able to beat them. Going into this year, they were coming off a three-game losing streak. They took two tough losses this past weekend to the two top teams in the Big East. They just got decimated by Marquette, lost in heartbreaking fashion against the defending tournament champions, DePaul. And then came Wednesday. They're taking on the Penn Quakers, their final Big Five game of the year. They won their 16th Big Five title, only their 10th outright, where they go 4 0. And last year, we saw Penn disappointingly beat them. It was in the middle of this that crazy road stretch where they played like, what was it? Like five games in like 12 days or something obscene like that. It was basically two straight weeks on the road. Yeah, absolutely brutal. And like a game, like every other day, basically. Yeah, not fun. This time around, they got a few days to recuperate before taking on Penn at the Palestra. Penn showed them up last year at home. This time they had to take it on the road, and that's exactly what they did. Villanova won 58-50 to to win the Big Five crown. At least the ladies' team were able to beat the Quakers because I don't know if I could have handled getting just swept on the basketball floor, men's and women's, by a bunch of Ivy League nerds. Yeah, obviously the men's team sacrificed themselves so that the women can win the Big Five. So, proud of them. It was worth it then. Yeah, looking at this game, Nova won 58-50. They were just absolutely stifling on defense, holding Penn to shooting just 30% on the floor. As for the Cats, they got solid games from Kelly Jaycott, who had an 18.11 rebound double-double. Janet Tucker cashed in with 11 points. Adriana Hahn added another double-digit performance off the bench. As for the Quakers... Man, Aaliyah Parker was just feasting inside. We've talked about how this Nova team does not really like to rebound, and she totally capitalized, finishing with a tune of 25 points and 17 rebounds, eight on the offensive glass, and she had three blocks as well. Chris, what were your impressions of this game? It, it's been a tough stretch for the Nova Lady Cats as of late. Even before this past weekend, they had that loss a week before that 
against Providence. Yeah, it has been a rough stretch. A rough, rough beginning to Biggie's play. They they started off with a loss against Butler at home, which you thought they probably should have won. Then they followed up with back to back wins against Xavier and Creighton. You're thinking, okay, they'll be okay. Then a loss at Providence. Then you get the two really good teams in Marquette and the Paul. And as you mentioned, they lost both of them, one in heartbreaking fashion. So yeah, it's it's tough to kind of rebound from that. And then all of a sudden, after all those games and two games at home against really good teams, you got to start your four-game road trip with a trip to the Palestra, a team that, like you mentioned, beat you last year, and you had to share the Big Five title with them. So now you come into this game all hyped up, thinking you can win the Big Five, and you lay a dud in the first quarter, shooting 2 of 15 from the field and 0 of 8 from deep. Somehow this team was able to rally and finish strong mainly because of their defense, like you mentioned, holding Penn to 20 of 66 shooting from the field. And Penn doesn't like to shoot threes, but they did shoot 5 of 13 on the night. So a pretty good percentage, but it was few and far between, so it worked out well for Villanova. On the individual aspect, off the bench, Adriana Hahn contributed 12 on 3 of 5 from deep. Uh, kind of a surprise bench appearance here. Cameron Aachen started the game, but only played four minutes. Not exactly sure what was happening there. So, yeah, you had the big three contributing, and the defense was good, and that's how you win on the road. Yeah, that slow start that you mentioned had me worrying here because uh, this team was doing so well in the first half of the season, and then when Big East play started and then they ran into the two titans of the Big East, it's just going to mess with your confidence. And then you come into a Penn team, and it was like, oh, no, not again. Please, no, because they should have beaten Penn last year. They just didn't get the job done. Looked like the Quakers were going to run all over them to start. Then they went on an 11-2 to run midway through the second half in order to cut that Quaker lead down and make this a game again. Penn took a 25-24 lead at the break. And then from there, Nova just got hot and just took over, especially in the second half with their shooting. It was a little concerning that they did end the game without a single basket for the last four and a half minutes. That's something that seems to be Nova's penchant. They can't buy basket in some of these games and some of these losses and some of these close wins, honestly, mm-hmm. over the closing minutes of a game, even though they start out hot, you know, they made their first nine of 11 shots to, to the second half. That's why they lost at the Paul game. They couldn't close out in the fourth quarter. They won the three previous quarters and then they allowed the Paul to creep back in, in the fourth. And that was the end of that. They went cold. Yeah. I'm hoping that this is the start of something good. Hopefully they can go back on the winning track. They are 11 and six overall two and four in biggies play. They had a very promising first half of the season. It's not going to be easy this Saturday when they go on the road to take on our favorite. Well, I shouldn't say our favorite. We we hate them. The Georgetown Hoyas, just our blood rival. The Wildcats swept them last year in the regular season series, but the Hoyas got their last laugh in the Big East tournament, as you might remember, just absolutely upsetting Nova in the quarterfinal round. They still have Deanna White, who was single-handedly the reason as to why Georgetown was right there for all three games last year. Although Nova swept them, literally both games in the regular season were decided by one basket. And then in the postseason, Nova just got shut down just because of White and her play on both ends of the court. She's got one more year left. This should be a very, very good game. I'm honestly looking forward to this one just because of how intriguing all three games were last year with how close they were. White is a dynamic player, all Big East first teamer last year. She can play with the best of them. She's a scoring machine, and she is a weapon on defense. Just an absolute force. I'm looking forward to see how Villanova deals with them because that that was a stinging blow last year, and I think this time around, I'm hoping it'll be a lot better. I'm hoping that this Big Five title gives them some momentum, but we'll see. They, They tip off against the Hoyas. 
this Saturday at 2 p.m. at McDonough Arena down there in D.C. Can't make it. It will be on Big East Digital Network slash Fox Sports Go. And now, Chris, it is that time of the day where we stop what we're doing, pop open the mailbag, and answer the questions you, the listeners, and the fans out there have provided us. As always, you can tweet us at S-O-N-N-Pod, or you can leave your questions in the comments section, and it'll find its way to us. We got a few questions here from uh, Jerry Quinn. Uh, the first one is predictions for Friday night against Xavier. We've already talked about Xavier, so I actually want to just modify this a little bit. Hopefully, Jerry doesn't mind too much. I just want to ask you, Chris, you know, this is a team that likes to pound it inside. They don't really take off from deep. Who are you putting your spotlight on for this game? Who are you feeling a big game out of? Once again, let's take away Phil Booth. Let's take away Eric Pascal. I, I'm expecting personally 20-point games with both of them each. but. Who are you thinking will have a nice under the radar after the seniors, a solid performance? I'm going to go with Jermaine Samuels. I, I'd like to see what it can bring out of him because he seems to, like we, we've talked about before, he seems to grow uh, with confidence. He seems to get better with confidence. And this could be a confidence building game. I feel that he can do some good things against these guys. And like you said, they like to go inside and I want to see him battle and I want to see him do well against a, a good opponent with uh, Marshall and Scruggs going in there. So. I'm going with Samuels. Excellent pick, by the way. I just have to say that before I get mine. I like that. I love that pick a lot, actually. I'll go with Jelly JQ. I'm feeling this is a game where he can get a good amount of minutes, honestly, and I would love to see what he could do with them. That's true. Hopefully this, uh, this is a little bit of a game of a blow- in the blowout fashion, and uh, he can play a little bit more than the usual. And I'm also hoping that, I mean, I, I feel like I've been saying this for every game, even when they're up big, but l- can we please n- have a game where Eric Pascal and Phil Booth do not play 36 to 38 minutes. I feel like this is a game where that doesn't need to happen, but we've had a couple of those games where it doesn't need to happen and they still play big minutes. So we will see. We will see. His second question is, have you been impacted by government shutdown? If so, how? I'm not sure if Jerry's directing this at me because I am a part-time bureaucrat. I do work for the state local government here in New York. And no, I actually surprisingly have not. I mean, I don't know if, if I'm missing something here, but I still show up to work every day. I still do what I need to do there, and I still write articles and prep for the pod on the side during office hours, so you could say uh, I'm being paid to do both, which is pretty cool. But uh, no, I, I haven't been. What about you, Chris? Uh, no, considering the, uh, the the government shutdown is the federal government, we kind of avoided that. I kind of only deal with the state government stuff and municipal government, so we're okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if Jerry's from D.C. or Maryland or in that area. But hopefully he's not getting hit too hard. His last question is, give me your starting five for Friday. I'm going with the same exact lineup from that Creighton game, that starting five. Ooh, bring it back. Give me that. Give me that one. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I don't see a need to change it. Worked out. It ended up working out well despite the slow start. So I think they go back to it, and I think it works. Yep, and just to refresh everyone's memory, that was Phil Booth, Eric Pascal, Colin Gillespie, Sadiq Bay, and Jermaine Samuels. I would like to see that again. And especially, this might be actually a team, Chris, where we might be able to operate at a faster pace than them. I, I honestly feel like it. I feel like if we push the pace, I would not be upset with that. Yeah, it would definitely go against the norm, especially as I mentioned before, Xavier likes to go slow, and Villanova obviously likes to go slow. But maybe they just, maybe just throw out the playbook, flip it on its head. It would be fun. Make for an interesting game. Don't think they'll do it, though. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it would be great because I honestly think that Nova should be able to run over Xavier. And I hopefully this doesn't mean that on Tuesday I'm going to have to eat 
a full serving of crow sent from Cincinnati because I'm really guessing this up a lot. Yeah, you know what that means. That means they're going to lose. <laughs> oh, no. We've done it before, Eugene. We can do it again. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I try to take those memories out of my mind. So, honestly, what what games have we done it? <laughs> um, I honestly am drawing blanks because I try to take those painful memories out of my mind. I know we definitely did against Wisconsin. I I know well, for a fact we did it against Wisconsin. Well, recently, I mean, you had Michigan. Michigan, we talked. I know. Oh, I know you were. How could I forget about that game? <laughs> I know you kind of were more concerned than I, which is actually usually the opposite. But we felt pretty strong about that one. And Furman. I mean, we we were so confident in that one. So yeah, I, I think. Uh, I think those two were the most recent ones. Sure, there was a bunch last year. Now that you bring that up, that I've now just remembered when Brendan and I we talked about the pen game, and oh, I yeah. almost jumped ahead, and I was like, "Oh, they secured a share of the Big Five title," and he was like, "No, they didn't." Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So if you want to talk about overlooking, I totally jumped the gun on that one, and then dialed it back, and then still said, eh, "But you know, they they execute." Very well on offense, very well-disciplined team, well-coached team. Steve Donahue has been doing a great job. But then I said, Nova by like 12-plus. Yeah, that was that was the episode I was out, right? I listened to that episode, and I was like, oh, my God, Eugene touched the money. They're going to lose. <laughs> and I usually never do. No, you're usually the exact opposite of that. Hopefully, we don't jinx it this time. I'm trying to find some wood to knock on. There we go. Found it. I think we're good. I think we're good now. Hope so. Hope so. So everyone, I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. Shorter one today. It's been a brutal week. Got it. Still chugging along. I can't wait to make it to the weekend. I can't wait to make it to Friday to watch this Villanova Xavier game because that means I'm out of the office. But, yeah, got a couple meetings this morning, so this one's going to be a little shorter than usual. But thank you again for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or Podomatic. You have many, many options. Please check back at viewhoops.com. We are chugging out so much content daily. I know Jack Brooks is going to have the Xavier preview, and I'm going to have the recap on Friday night, so keep an eye out for that. Please follow VU Hoops on social media. You can like our page on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at VU Hoops, which is, and that's also good for Instagram, so please hop on that too. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. And you can follow me, Chris Stanzial, at the Stance Man on Twitter. Nova Nation, have a great weekend. Enjoy tomorrow night's game. Hopefully on Tuesday we'll be talking about a nice, nice win.